poids. Welcome to the show. This, this is our view from, from the bench. bench. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Brendan, mop guy for the JV basketball team. And I'm Corey, court cleaner for the shuffleboard club. And uh, happy Monday, man. Happy Monday, dude. Made it through the weekend. We're only a few days away from Thanksgiving. Ooh, so excited. Are you ready? Oh, dude, that's my favorite day of the year because all I do is not eat anything when I wake up. And I go to my grandma's nice. house. And then uh-huh. I just fill my plate with like a mountain of food and... Normally, if my uncle and his wife were there, she'd be like, oh, my God, that's a lot of food. And I'd be like, I know, and I'm going to eat it all. And then I'm taking home leftovers. I'm going to eat it for days. It's my favorite day of the year. <laughs> Perfect. Well, then that works out. Um, how was this uh, past weekend for you? Oh, so much work, man. So much work. Black Friday, I'm so ready for it to just be here and go away. <laughs> <laughs> the one good thing about it, though, is it's an early game. It's a 12 o'clock game. So I will be home. Oh, nice. Eh, I might not be home before the sun sets, but I won't be home at 11 o'clock at night or anything. So that would be nice for a change. But uh, what did you do this weekend, man? I didn't do much of anything, dude. Got a bunch of stuff done. Got some new tires on my car. Not fun. Um, <laughs> just did, you know, poked around the house, made some dog food and myself some food for the week. Went to Costco. Yeah. Boring, normal weekend stuff. So. You know who you sound uh, like right now a little bit? Or what? you remind me of is Will Ferrell who? from... He's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Home Depot. I don't know if we'll have time. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. No, it's not every weekend. Sometimes I do fun stuff. But this weekend was pretty uh, yeah, relaxing. Honestly, it's kind of nice, man, just to really not do anything. Yeah, I agree with you. I did do that a day last week on one, my one day off. I didn't do a whole lot. I don't think I left my room more than three or four times the whole day. I was pretty much just chilling, so nice nice well before we get started if you're not already don't forget to subscribe to the channel uh so that way uh, also hit that notification bell uh that way you can see when we have new episodes and uh, if you like what you see hit that like button well let's get started with monday night football monday night football actually a pretty good game finally uh some teams that i felt like watching i didn't watch the end of this game i got busy but i actually watched most of the game eagles chiefs in kansas city Rematch of the Super Bowl, the most recent Super Bowl. Uh, didn't go the same way the Super Bowl went. Eagles won this one 21-17. How much of this game did you catch, man? I actually caught a good chunk of it. We had it on at the store while I was still there before I got home. So uh saw a lot of the first half. Much slower scoring game uh, than we I thought, I guess, right? Like, I assumed it was going to yeah. be more of a back and forth. Me and my coworkers were talking about it. Like, oh, this is going to be, like, back and forth. Whoever has the ball last. Like, it's going to be awesome to watch. And then it just kind of never really got going. But... You look at the half, I mean, the Eagles were down 17-7 and just looked lost. I know Jalen Hurts, I think, had like I'd already been sacked three or four times at halftime. So mm-hmm. I just figured the second half was going to be a lot of the same. But, uh, you know, it's weird that the Chiefs give up a lead late at home in the fourth quarter and lose a game. It like, doesn't happen. That's kind of a bizarre thing to see. Yeah, very true. They had a stat on the screen, actually, that the Chiefs had uh, only scored 54, and it's still it's to this because they had 17 and a half. They only scored 54 points so far this entire season in the second half, the lowest in the oh. NFL. Oh. So basically, they and, and they literally rang true today. They scored all 17 points in the first two quarters. And in fact, 10 of those 17 points in the last two minutes, in the final oh, two minutes true. of the second of the first half, they scored 10 of them. So and after that, that's what, that's probably why they were rushing to get it in. They know they don't really do well in the second half. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I just don't understand it. Um, 
It's weird to see, but good for the Eagles, man. They showed up. DeAndre Swift had a pretty good game. 12 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Also had three uh, catches for 31 yards. Only got to really go over 100 yards. Devontae Smith was close, though. He had 99 yards. So, Ooh, so just an off so game. Yeah, right? Just an off game. Um, I honestly, the more you think about it, it kind of makes sense that it was this low because regardless of how you might think, the Chiefs have a top-rated defense, and as we know, the Eagles – defense is very stout their defensive line is just stacked for days uh they just acquired kevin byard from your titans to just kind of solidify the secondary a little bit uh they're really good too so kind of does make sense when you think about it but yeah when you think about the offenses you think that they'd be putting up points at the same time so yeah chiefs defense did pretty good but they broke in the end at least more points than this was i didn't i guess i was hoping for like a 35 31 back and forth but I mean, 24 to 28 would have been nice. Like, 21-17, and the Chiefs not to score in the entire second half. Like you said, they're the worst in the NFL. That's like a weird, yeah. bizarre stat for them. It seems like it doesn't make sense. It's almost like mm. you're lying to me. Yeah, it's like they're missing Eric, Eric Bieniemy or something, maybe. I don't know. That is I don't know. possible. There's I something mean, missing teams... from that offense. Teams obviously adjust at halftime and make uh, make some things that they see in the first half and go out and stop. And then if the Mahomes and I mean, well, let's be honest, they should have won that game. That guy had the ball in his hands that he missed the, the game. Yeah, the yeah. There's a handful of bad, bad plays. They could have scored. They should have and could have scored a lot more than 17 points. Absolutely, but this has also been the struggle for the Chiefs all year, like you mentioned. So it's not out of the ordinary. But again, it's a Monday night game at home in Kansas City, and they blow it. That's it was just... rocking too, bro. It was loud. Well, yeah, it's one it of the loudest. Very loud. Didn't at one point they own the record, and then Seattle and them like went back and forth on loudest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, that doesn't change. I don't know. I just it's weird that the Eagles won, but also they talked about like, oh, this is going to be you know the Eagles want to get revenge for. I'm like, what's the revenge for the Super Bowl loss? A regular season? There's no win? revenge. No, but there's no revenge. No. It's, once you lost the Super there's Bowl, no there's no way to get that revenge to that team unless you unless get a you match in the play Super them Bowl. in the Super Bowl the next year. Yes. Right. Other than that, and even then, it's a different team each year. The NFL teams, even though we know the same core guys are like the, the really famous guys, mm-hmm. most of the team is pretty much a change, probably 25 and 30% every year, at least, I would think. It's just mm-hmm. such an NFL turnover in general, especially with injuries. So, yeah, there's no True. real revenge for a Super Bowl loss. It is what it is. Yeah, these teams might be a tad bit different. They do have some upgrade. Obviously, DeAndre Swift, the guy on the screen, he's new. He came from the Lions last year. Uh, these two teams might be one of the only two teams that if they were to meet up again in the Super Bowl, I think would be f- probably close, probably just under that percentage, I would say. But yeah, most there's so much turnover, whether it's a contract ending, somebody retiring, somebody yeah. getting hurt, somebody getting traded. Who the heck knows? Who the heck knows? But just somebody getting cut. Yeah, maybe yeah. the Ezekiel Elliott like is an example of that. He's just like, oh, oh he's the here. Eagles just here. cut a guy from like 1980s that played on the team or something. Did you see that weird story? I don't know no. what all the some guy on the Eagles got drafted way back in the day. This is he literally just got cut two days ago, and he's he's like, I didn't even know I was still technically on the in the team. Like, it was some I don't know what the details. I have to look it up later, but it was some weird, bizarre thing that he just got cut after like 20 years. <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. Well, there's a bunch of other NFL action this week. Um, a handful of games. I think we have, what, 12 other games? I think we counted earlier. So mm-hmm. uh, as we do each Monday, the beginning of each week, we have our NFL rundown. It has expanded. Corey and I have been talking about it. We were trying to get it into like a little two, three-minute chunk, but it's kind of too fun to give a lot of information and uh, try to jam it in. So it is a little bit longer. We've seen there more around like four or five minutes, but eh, I'm trying my best to screw to jam info. Oh, man. So. It's, it's working good. 
And then if you're watching on YouTube, which by the way, if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you'd like to check out the uh, YouTube version, please search uh, Our View from the Bench. Uh, we're going to change up the NFL Rundown Edition today for the first time instead of just a slide that Brennan made. Brennan took some real time and effort and put the uh, some video highlights together. I mean, he didn't make the highlights. He got them from other no, places. Obviously. We'll, we'll say that. But he yeah. then cut and spliced it into a part of our rundown. So if you're on YouTube, you can enjoy the new version. All right. Well, let's check it out. Thanks, man. Yeah. For sure. Bryce Young's rookie season is going to be one to forget. The Cowboys keep trekking towards the playoffs with another dominant win on both sides of the ball. Dak throws two touchdowns as Pollard runs in another. Deron Bland gets his fourth pick six of the season as the Cowboys destroy the Panthers 33-10. to Steelers and Browns going at it in Cleveland. This AFC North battle is extremely important in the race for the division crown. The low-scoring affair didn't lack flair, however. Jalen Warren breaks off a 74-yard touchdown to bring the game close, but the Steelers couldn't muster up much more than that. Pickett does not look like an NFL quarterback at all, as Dorian Thompson-Robinson gets his first career win, watching a field go in as time expires. The Browns take it, 13-10. Battle for the North. Well, not really. Seems like the Lions have that all but wrapped up. However, the Bears wanted to make it really interesting this week. They got out ahead of the division leaders quickly, intercepting Goff three times through the first three quarters. The tenacious group did not quit, though, and came back to move to 8-2 and two on the season. Justin Fields rushes for over 100 yards, but it just isn't enough. Lions beat the Bears 31-26. to 26. Regardless of the win, the Packers should still move on from Jordan Love. Beating the helpless Chargers is not a measuring stick for success. While Justin Herbert seems to be doing his part, the Chargers just can't seem to figure out the rest. Brandon Staley is on the verge of losing the locker room if he can at least be competitive. At home next week against Baltimore, Packers do survive this one, 23-20. CJ Stroud has been lighting up opposing defenses as D'Amico Ryan's defense is holding their own as well and the top 10 defense in coverage. Both Kyler and CJ made some epic throws for scores this week. And the Cardinals kept it close. They don't look bad with Kyler at the helm. I'm still not sure if he's the guy or not, but better than nothing. Stroud and company hold the lead and come out on top on this one. 21-16. Jaguars were bored and playing with their food on Sunday. Titans rolled into Jacksonville and quickly became prey to the Big Cats. Trevor Lawrence accounts for all touchdowns as he throws for two and rushes for two. I guess ETN he needed a break. Levis has a strong arm, and with help and time, might be able to develop into something. Time isn't now, though. Jags win big, 34-14. Raiders held their own in Miami with a team that is poised to win the AFC East. Vegas kept in the game the entire time. Rookie Aiden O'Connell throws three picks, but the Raiders' defense turns Miami over three times also. Tyreek flashes speed, and Ramsey's return is huge for this secondary. Dolphins keep rolling and beat a 500 team. Still wondering whether or not they can start beat winning teams. They do take this one, 2013. Tommy DeVito, no relation to Danny, is lighting it up for New York right now. In his first three starts, he has two multi-touchdown passing games. Already one more than Kenny Pickett. The story really isn't about the offense, though. This defense turned Washington over six times on Sunday. Three picks, three fumbles. Giants should have never extended Danny Dimes and are paying for it now. They do win this one, 31-19. Guess who's back? Back again. Niners back. Tell a friend. 
Mayfield is not a bad quarterback, but Brock Purdy was absolutely perfect this weekend. Literally. He throws for three touchdowns and achieves a perfect passer rating. Mr. Irrelevant is arguably the most relevant quarterback in the NFC not named Jalen Hurts. Bucks can't keep up with a fine-tuned offensive machine. Oh, and the defense is pretty good, too. Niners win 27-14. Bills looking for revenge from week one. After Rodgers goes down, Wilson and the Jets were able to hold on for the win. Zach Wilson since then has been mediocre at best. This game highlights the lack of NFL ability in this young man, unfortunately. Jets fans should be happy to know he has been benched by his coach, as Tim Boyle will get the nod next week. Jets barely show up, lose 32-6. Seahawks could have really used this win. They now sit one game back of the Niners with a home date this upcoming week. The perfect opportunity to take the full lead in the NFC West. Rams did all they could to not let this season be a complete wash. Sitting at 4-6, and six, they aren't contenders of any sort, but a win's a win. Seattle really needs to win next week to have any shot at the division title. Rams take this one, 17-16. Russell Wilson has 19 touchdowns and only four interceptions this season, completing almost 70% of his passes. Granted, it got off to a slow start, but the Broncos have won four straight now against some big competition. With wins over the Packers, Chiefs, Bills, and Vikings, Broncos now sit at 5-5. Five and five. Can anything come out of this bad start? Minnesota loses their first with Dobbs at the reins, but it was close and on the road. Denver barely squeaks this one out. 21-20. Boom. Oof. There it is. Yeah. I hope the video uh, was like, like, I hope you guys like it. I hope it helped kind of add some flair to actually watching highlights like you might on those other networks that also do highlights. Yeah. And we gave credit to those. We didn't leave those off there. There's their marks yeah, are there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we, but we had the flair and the fun yeah. that you need. See? Yes. Because yeah. we're not paid by the big network, so we can do whatever we want. <laughs> exactly. I say stuff that maybe they wouldn't, but yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's fun. I like doing those, man. I like doing those. I know we talked about it earlier. Uh, we'll have to talk about it maybe later, but the uh, week 13 is coming up. I know that's your favorite number. We were thinking about maybe doing a little switcheroo. Maybe you trying it out. Okay. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah. So I know that's, like I said, your favorite number. So Heck yeah. Yeah. what better time than week 13? It, but it's not. It's I know. That's one. me. I, I don't. That's like <laughs> one of my least favorite. I hate that number, but that's why it's like opposites right here. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Like magnet. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to keep it with the NFL kind of going to talk about some stuff. We're going to switch it up. We're not going to dive into specific games. If games come up because of uh, people or stories that we're talking about, then great. Uh, but we're going to kind of talk about some NFL storylines this time. Uh, the first one that I really wanted to touch on was something that has changing the landscape of not only the AFC uh, North, but the AFC and the NFL as a whole. And that's Joe Burrow uh, going out for the entire season now with the uh, torn ligament, I think in his hand or yeah. wrist. So, um, Kind of saw that happen on Sunday, uh, but there's more to the story as well. For those who are the eagle-eyed social media people, apparently there's a video of him getting on the team, what, plane or bus with his hand wrapped yeah. before remember, on his way not to only Baltimore. That, this story came out yesterday or whatever that he was in, but this was Thursday night's game, remember? Because we mm -hmm. talked about it Thursday night in our last episode, which again, go back to YouTube, search our view from the bench or Apple or Spotify. And you can check that out. But we talked about how when he threw it on the sideline to see if he's going to come back, he almost like collapsed on the floor internally, like like just like defeated. So you knew it yeah. wasn't going to be good. Right. Um, but you're right. There is more to the story about how he got off the plane and there was a glove or some kind of thing on his hand. And then people were talking, oh, that was like the glove you wear when you draw on an iPad or something. Like all these weird stories were coming out of sure. it. Sure. 
why I don't understand why teams keep doing this thing where they're not disclosing the injuries you know they're supposed to and like everything gets found on social media just yeah dude re- like stop trying to hide it it's not going to work anymore the NFL and the sports world and everything in general is covered too closely by there's just a camera everywhere and even randoms that don't know what yeah. they're doing or aren't part of that world, people have so. cameras walking around 1080p 4k cameras just walking exactly. around in their hands you can see everything yeah Exactly. So stop trying to hide it. They're going to get, you know, fined, I'm sure, taking some late traffic away. But yeah, now without Burrow, I don't, I don't know what the Brown, or the Browns, what the Bengals do. Like, well, there's nobody call it a season. agency market. So. Oh, no, they're done. It's done. Just kind of hope that you don't, and nobody else gets majorly hurt. Hope Jamar Chase, try to get him some numbers and try to keep your main people healthy. Talk about, I mean, the season's a wrap, dude. You're, it's already week 11, and you, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't. You got to well, hope you lose. Every game the rest of the way and get maybe a top eight draft pick. That's, I guess, what yeah. you're hoping for at this point. That's what you should <laughs> do, to be honest with you. They already have a pretty poor record, right? They only have, what, four or five wins. So why not? Yeah, why not five ride the five now? So they're, they're ride right it all there, the way. If you can get down to, like I said, top eight or top seven pick, they can definitely build that offensive line to then protect Joe Burrow next year. That's what you need, man. That's all you need is to protect Joe Burrow. They already have the weapons. Um, and yeah, if you can draft young linemen. That's the best way to do it. You ain't got to pay him. You can pay uh, the weapons. Like I said, I think Jamar is going to be coming up for a contract sometime yep. soon because he got drafted uh, shortly after. So yep, I believe that's it. coming I think up. it's next year, to be honest with you. Oh, is it? Jeez, I think so because I kind of feel like that was a storyline. Like this is the last year of the contract, or maybe that was one of the Heck other teams. Right. They have multiple weapons, so it could be either. But you know one quarterback who's not going to be playing for the Bengals is going to be Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe it's true because he just signed with the Browns practice squad but yeah he's probably going to move into uh the building at some point he may not start but i have a feeling he'll be on the main roster i don't expect him to play i think he's just going to be a voice in dtr's head to kind of help him through the rest of the season since he's a rookie he doesn't know what he's doing and the browns defense is really good you can't lose this opportunity to try to compete but i don't know if you saw the press conference post game dtr did talk a little bit about how like there was a few times out there on the field that if I, that would have been week four, he would have forced something or uh, might possibly thrown an interception. So he's learning uh, for sure, even though he hasn't been playing for a lot of the last couple of weeks, but he's definitely learned a lot. And I think that if he can j- just do like, just don't turn the ball over. That's all it is. Like that defense is so good. If you just don't turn the ball over and let everything else do what they're supposed to do, they'll be in every game, if not win most of them. So just do your thing, man. And that's why you don't have to. Um, force it like he's saying it's okay you have the best defense in the league yeah most let it ride be probably playing from ahead if not in a very close game so just don't be the difference that turns that from a three-point lead to a four-point deficit because you threw a pick six or something just be very smart and you know he played a long time at ucla so it's not like he's never played or hasn't played in a long time i think he was there for like four or five years he was a long time quarterback for them so i mean i I don't know he has the experience yeah, and now without Burrow there, it's really going to be a two-team race, I guess, in the AFC North, right? Because the Steelers looked terrible. So I'm thinking they have no offense too. Yeah, I'm thinking it's Ravens and Browns. Like one of the two of those is going to ultimately win the division. Maybe, uh, maybe it's I don't know. I hope they play the last game of the season or something. I have to look, we'd have to look at the schedule. That'd be awesome. <laughs> We're going to keep it in the AFC North uh, since you mentioned the Steelers. Uh, there were some quotes around the Steelers locker room after the loss yeah. to the Browns that day, uh, Najee Harris was basically quoted saying he's quote tired of the Steelers offensive struggles. Um, Kenny Pickett cannot move the ball again, Tommy DeVito, who I never knew existed until about 
12 hours ago, um, <laughs> has more multi-touchdown games in his NFL career than Kenny Pickett. He has three starts. He has two multi-touchdown games. Kenny Pickett's been playing for a season and a half. Oh. He hasn't thrown for more than one touchdown once. See, now this is part That's of the a problem. problem with the Steelers always being good and competitive. Not that they don't know how to draft, but you're never going to get a really good quarterback high in a draft because you're always going to be on the back half, if not in the 20 to 25 range, mm-hmm. always competing and being in a playoff spot. Yep. So, and they never, I mean, they're not going to tear it down and rebuild. That's not what the Steelers do. And that's not what Tomlin's all about. So they're going to play hard and they're going to go 500 or better every year. And they're just going to have to figure it out. But also, I don't know if anybody free agent wise is really worth it. And then for them to look at and bring in next year, because, ah, man, it is rough. It's it's almost as bad as the Jets, like offense with Zach Wilson. It's kind of in that realm. Yeah. And the Jets, uh, luckily, I mean, well, luckily for the rest of the Jets players, they're they're so sick and tired of being good. Well, I mean, they got blown out by the Bills, so that game wasn't that close. But the, the Jets defense, I'm, I'm assuming special teams, I don't know, who cares? Nobody pays attention to them. Um, Jets defense is really good. So the fact that they are even in some of these games and still have a chance at like a, a winning record yeah. is, is pretty insane. But the Jets finally did what they should have done a long time ago and officially benched Zach Wilson. He is not going to be starting next game, and it will be Tim Boyle on Friday night. They're having a first ever Black Friday game. Jets-Dolphins, Tim Boyle versus Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa. Dude, that's going to be nuts. It's going to be good, but not only that, did you see that not only did Zach Wilson get not to start anymore he's the third string now they've moved oh wow he got demoted there huh? move above him so if nice. he Good dresses at all on sunday or friday i'm sorry he will be the third string quarterback that makes it wow. so much worse like they're just like no you know what simeon who hasn't played and i don't even know how long he's better than you you can go sit down and just chill over there well, dude, it's all the team doesn't have any confidence. It's it's not no, even like me. In no, my opinion, yeah. it may not even be that Zach Wilson is not as good as Trevor Simeon, right? They're probably equal if maybe Zach Wilson has a little more talent, but there's zero confidence. The team cannot stand when he is at behind the center yep. because they just don't feel like they have a chance to win. And that's never good when you have a group of guys that try their best, but it doesn't matter because as long as that guy's here, or at least they feel yeah. that as long as that guy's here, they're not gonna win. That's it's not hard good. not to feel that way when it happens over and over and over, right? Like, how can you keep doing yeah. the same thing over and over and expect a different result? That means you're crazy. Can't do that. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what the Jets were, at least for now. Robert Sala <laughs> finally changed it and is going to go with Tim Boyle. Um, someone who's the opposite of Zach Wilson, or at least or definitely portrayed it uh, Sunday. I kind of touched in it um, in my little rundown. Brock Purdy, man. Perfect passer rating game. First person to do it in the Niners uniform, I believe, since Joe Montana. Dang. Maybe it was Steve Young, but I think it was Joe no, Montana. I think Montana. I think you're right. I kind of vaguely remember being Montana, but that's a long time ago. So <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And they've had some decent quarterbacks like Steve Young in that yeah. time frame. So mm-hmm. um, the fact that he did that, three touchdowns, I think he only had four or five incompletions, a uh, couple hundred yards. So great game. Niners are rolling. Right. Back, on, back on track. Like we talked about, when they're healthy and they got that O-line and all the weapons to work, Purdy is great. It's, it's so... It's so crazy how important not only the quarterback, but the system and the players around him are to like their entire success. Like, like Brady was really good, but he also had a lot of different guys coming and going that were different weapons, but did their job. And like the Niners, man, that is a fine tuned machine of offense. That's all I can say. And then like you talked about Niners roster is a hundred times better than any besides the Bucks than any roster 
that the Patriots have. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> that Tom Especially Brady on had. The defensive side, my lord, that defense yeah. is nuts. I mean, now they ooh. did lose to Funga for the season. Ooh, that does hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is not good. They lost him for the season. Okay, that's not gonna be good. But you know they've got they've got a lot of good smart guys on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So somebody's gonna be able to step it up, cover yeah. that area. Watch out for Richard Sherman coming back uh, out of retirement. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, you so know how RG3 on Thursday night, like, oh, yeah, they should uh, call me. I can help him out. Dude, how many times Same. is RG3 going to do that? Has he done that like three times now? Or He wants a job, dude. He's tired of being on TV. It, he wants to be we on the field, to keep man. advertising yourself on ESPN. Jeez. Like, go, well, hey, ain't nobody going to fight teams. for you. You fight for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> tell your agent to call teens what is that guy's job for Girl he's trying, advertisement it's free advertisement he's actually getting paid to advertise himself to leave that's nuts even, do you think espn likes that he does it not that they're gonna tell him not to but do you think they're like yeah go for it you're an idiot like that's weird but if you want to no. advertise yourself i think weird. they're either indifferent or they probably don't like it that's my guess i think this is weird yeah um heading back to that friday game that's coming up i don't know if you saw speaking of the dolphins the Tyreek Hill, he he went for a touchdown grab. Kind of got tossed up with the defender this past week. Who did they play? Who did the Dolphins? Oh, the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders with, the, yeah. with one of the Raiders defenders. And um, he actually comes back down and he catches it. They actually call it um, incomplete, but it was actually a touchdown. And then they punt it. But nobody reviewed it or challenged it? Or no, anything? no. He didn't. He didn't feel like he caught it, but in a slow mo, uh, it didn't touch the ground. It pops up and it lands right back on him and never touches the ground. It was a touchdown, but he kind of thought it was an incompletion, and they called it an incompletion. Well, yeah, I guess. And if, they go and they punt it. Yeah, if you're the guy who caught the ball or didn't catch the ball, and you react like, "Oh, I don't know what happened," then why would anybody else react any other <laughs> any other way? That's so yeah, bizarre. It kind of reminds me, though. You remember that one? This is a long time ago. See if you remember. I want to say it was a Monday night football game. I want to say Packers Bucks for some reason, but there's like a play where they throw it down the sideline and the guy tips in the air. And as they're falling, the ball jumps, you know, pops up. And then the guy is laying down and he catches it, but the guy's not touching him. So he gets up and he runs it back. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He kind of sits there and waits for a second because nobody touches him and he just fucking bolts. And then he yeah, gets up. And I like, do All right, I'm that. out of here. And they're like, wait, what happened? What happened? And boom, game over. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Pretty much yep, I do remember that. Yep. I do remember that. Last one for the NFL kind of storylines. This one's not very good either, and this one is honestly getting a little bit out of hand. Yeah, the bad. Chargers locker room is starting to get fed up with losing. Staley, Brandon Staley, however, maintains full confidence in everything going on. You sent me this little uh, snippet of info. Currently, the Chargers have the fewest turnovers in the entire NFL this season. They have seven turnovers. That, that's it. In okay? ten games. Yeah. They're tied for the second best penalty margin, which is minus 16. They have they sit right now, last place in the AFC West at four and six. They're behind the Raiders, bro, who just fired their no their coach sense. and benched their quarterback. Makes no sense. And then not only that, you look at these other stats of like Herbert and different things, like mm-hmm. seventh in yards, third in mm-hmm. touchdowns, seventh in passer rating, fourth in QBR, only five interceptions and 19 touchdowns. Like they're doing everything right, but they're just not. And I think I think most of their games, if not all their games, have been one score uh, results. So it's I don't know what it is about Staley. And then they ask him. I don't know if you saw this from yesterday's post game press conference. This was fun. Somebody asked him about like maybe is the defensive coordinator going to start calling the defense because obviously he's calling it and he's a defensive guy, but it's not working. And he was very adamant of, oh no no, I'm going to call it. Like you can stop asking that question. I'm calling the defense. I am the defensive coordinator, basically, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, 
man, he uh, he's really adamant that it's his thing and it's going to work. But I don't know. The results have uh, not shown well so far. No, not at all. It's uh, pretty disappointing, to be honest with you. I don't like it. Okay, but if you had to pick a coach, like who are you looking at, this guy or that guy, I don't know who you even think about replacing uh, Staley with. Like, I don't know where they go. It's the Chargers. Who's going to even want that job? Well, that's the thing. But I feel like people should want that job. You have a quarterback locked up. Granted, he's taking a big chunk of your cap space, but he's on the you know the the books, right? So you got him locked up. You got a decent O line that you're building. I think they have a couple of them. Uh, who's that? Slates now? Something with an S. Dang, I forgot his name right now. He great great young offensive lineman on a rookie contract still. Tons of weapons around him with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams hurt right now. I understand. Uh, Austin Eckler. They got freaking Gerald Everett. They got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And, and, and what are they? Well, that's a job that people should want. I agree with you that it's something wrong, but in on paper, that's something that people should be jumping at. You know what I mean? I think I the just, biggest problem though is Spanos owns that team, and as long as he does, yeah. mm-hmm. nothing's ever going to go. You know, and you know, you talk about like they have Eckler, they have this. Eckler's going to be a free agent, I think, at the end of the year. So who knows if he comes mm. back. The Chargers don't pay running backs. Nobody does, so he probably won't be there. And then True. Bosa got hurt yesterday. Who I haven't heard any update or what the latest on his injury was, but he had to be carted off. That's not good. Khalil Mack is getting older. Keenan Allen keeps getting injured. He's old. You talked about Mike Williams being injured. Like, What weapons is he going to have next year if his cap takeover is going to be that much bigger and they're losing all these guys to free agency or just getting old and injured? Like, I don't know who's going to want that point. job. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I don't know, but they need something. They need something. They need an offensive-minded coach because that's what works when you have a good quarterback. I feel like that's the combination that you need. I you don't know, know who's rumor, out though. there. What? The rumor is if Pars- if uh, Belichick does a mutual part ways in New England and that the no. Charger job became available, there's no. people talking that he would be open to it. Bad idea. I agree. Just retire, Bill. Yeah, Just retire. the day, but... Also, if he goes in there and he can make Spanos actually give him full control, kind of think I want him to do it. But isn't his full control – doesn't he have full control right now and he's out of touch? I know, but I just don't want Spanos to have any control. So if he can go in there – Somebody should (laughs) fucking go buy the team from him because that's the best way to do it. Well, yeah, that's never going to happen. He's never going to sell that team because the family just wants to live off of it. They're the worst That's owners true. in sports. What's up with the owners in sports lately? We talked about Oakland last week. Talking about the Chargers today. We talked about Artie Moreno too. Ah, so annoying. I wish owners were yeah. better. True. I mean, that's it's, you want to invest in something. Go buy stocks or bonds or real estate. You want or, to freaking have not only fun. That, if you're gonna buy a team and you want to build it up, then build stuff around. Like Henry, Susan, Samuelio, and the Ducks are building this whole OC vibe thing around Honda Center and have signed a 30-year lease with Honda Center. They're not going anywhere. They're building a whole entity of itself in the center of it. So, like, do something like that if you want that. Don't just – I don't know. I just – I hate – Yeah, that. that's – go make money like that. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. what I'm saying. You can I make like, money I, on I think, it, but care. Yeah, I think part of it is, is one, the teams that we root for tend to have or have, have really good ownership. I don't think there's really been any issue. Well, maybe the Cardinals, but that's, you're aren't, not even a friend, fan of them anymore, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, again, I worked for the Ducks and, like, seen such good ownership to, like, do the right things and, like, build something for real for not only the now but for the future of the organization and the whole, like, area. Like, do something like that. Then, I'm, then it's all in. But stop owning teams just to, like, own them and not try or do anything or – you know, just 
like you said, just try to invest in it and hope it's something that builds up for you. Like, no, own the team and try to win. Compete. That's the whole point. It's sports. That's what try. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Ugh. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, but I mean, <clears throat> heading back to the coach, it, it could be anybody that's going to take that over, to, to be honest with you. Um, my my hope is that it's not Bill Belichick. He's a little out of touch. I can see what you're saying as far as the control part. That would be yeah. somebody who can, like, uh, push back. So I, I, I see what you mean. Um, but I just think he needs an offensive coach. I don't know who, but I think he needs an offensive coach, and that'll be the most helpful thing. So. Hey, there could be, a, I don't know, a coach from a college team that spot comes up somewhere. I don't know. True. Very true. Very true. Could be some vacancies. Could be some vacancies. We do want to talk about some college football, but I have a new game for you, man. I thought of this I thought of this game, and it's kind of fun to do this. You kind of see this when you go to maybe some games sometimes, or you see it on Sports Center or some other shows and stuff where they're trying to like prove some points and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what? I think I want to do something like that. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, so I'm going to make you kind of guess some stuff. Um, these are coaches in the Pac-12. Okay, I'm not going to tell you the school. They're Pac-12 coaches. Um, uh, one so is believed Washington to not do State great. Oregon State, got it. No, 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 no. Oh, we're not, not to the, the headline team. yet. Oh, okay. No, no, we're not to that. <laughs> 12, 12, 12. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, so I'm going to give you some stats. I want you to kind of tell me who you would prefer okay. or if you want to be able to try to guess who it might be. All right? All right. Okay. I'll be honest. I'm not going to know who it is. I'm just guessing. There's no way. <laughs> okay. You might. You might because I'm kind of giving you a little bit of a hint. I'm giving you a bunch of hints here. Okay. okay. So the first one, we kind of have their record, their overall record. This is their first two full seasons as coach. Okay. Right. Uh, of their respective Pac 12 team or teams. Um, the first one we have here went 21 and 6 in his first two seasons. The second one went 18 and 8. Okay. okay. We have one with a Pac 12 title, one with no Pac 12 title. Okay. One with one bowl win, one with no bowl wins. All right. The first one is six and six against ranked opponents. Second one, two and seven. Yeah, six and six, not bad, right? Second one, two and seven. Mm -hmm. This one is kind of where I might give it away. Sorry. Because it's important to me and I wanted to make it a point. This first person is undefeated against UCLA, UCLA. (laughs) And one and one against Utah. The second person is one and one against the Bruins and hasn't beaten Utah or hadn't beaten Utah. Could be past tense. The first one also never got to have anybody on his team that was even in Heisman contention. The second one has a Heisman winner. I know I kind of got a little bit towards the end there. I might have given it away. Okay, Heisman winner. Which one of these would you rather have if one of the resumes came to you and you're like, you have to hire one of these people? Who are you hiring? All right. So I'm going to guess. I'm trying to think of who's been in the Pac 12 that. I'm trying to think of Heisman in the Pac 12. and the Okay. Well, that couldn't have been Pete Carroll. This isn't Pete Carroll's first two years, is it, for any of these guys? No, not Pete Carroll, but you are at the right school. So it is USC. Okay, they so are both USC head coaches. Obviously, that kind of narrows it down a little bit. Before you guess, just based on resume, which one of these are you picking? Well, if I'm looking at it from a perspective of an AD, I want to win uh, your conference. So if you've got a Pac-12 title, that's already a, a plus. Boom, done, right? Good start. If you've been in a bowl game, that's a good thing. So both of them have been in a bowl game, but – to win one and not only win it, but against Penn State, I'm assuming it's the Rose Bowl because it's a big 10 team. That's a huge yeah. win because being in the, what is it, the pride of them all? That was the saying for the Rose the Bowl? The granddaddy of them. Granddaddy of them all. 
that's what it was. What was that guy's name that said? I can't remember the announcer now. I, I don't know. Old white guy. Man, I can't think of his name. Anyways. Yeah, that's a um, thousand. <laughs> then you look at the ranked opponents, like, like six and six. Like 500 against ranked opponents is not bad, especially if mm-hmm. you're in the Pac-12. You probably got one or two of those within the conference every year. So, right. you know, conference games are harder. So I get that. But two and seven is not good against ranked opponents. No. The no. two and zero against UCLA, the one and one. Eh, I don't really care. I feel like you said like UCLA is not really that good. So occasionally you lose one. That's whatever. As long as it's not four in a row or five in a row, I'm cool. And then Utah, that's just a weird one. I'm a random one. Um, oh, I now I know who the second coach is. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, because of that one. Yeah, I know who the eighteen eight was. That's got to be uh, Lincoln Riley because the highest. That is Lincoln Riley. Utah. Okay. Yep. Okay, so then it's not Pete Carroll. The guy whose job he took. Is it really Clay Hilton? Oh, Clay my Hilton. gosh. Wow, that's not good. <laughs> oh. So everyone wanted to get rid of Clay Hilton. But when Clay Hilton first got here, he did better than when Ligon Riley first got here. So I get that he petered off towards the end, and that's why you got rid of him. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is our new little mini segment. That's my dude. Or dudette if we do that. I like it. When I we like do it. that. We definitely will do that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, and some of them won't be head-to-head comparisons like this coach and coach. Some of them might be just you know competitors against each other. We'll figure that out. But it's kind of fun to do these comparisons and stuff. So we'll take turns guessing and stuff like that too. But uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Wow, I just that's crazy, okay. right? Well, I mean, Lincoln Riley. Let's be honest. Even when he was in Oklahoma, they won a lot of games, but they never won when it came to like the bowl games or the college football playoff. They always got beat fairly easily because their defense wasn't very good. Oh, shocker. Right. Lincoln Riley oh, team, wow. not a good defense. That's weird. Um, you mean when they fired their defensive coordinator in the middle of the season with two games left? And then they got worse? Like, what happened? Yeah. What, they didn't even look like they cared against the UCLA Bruins they on don't. Saturday. They did It was sad. I like I, yeah. If I'm if I'm SC, I'm kind of worried about if Lincoln Riley has lost the locker room or not a little bit. But even if he has, you know, the recruiting class and the way that college football is in the transfer portal, they might not all be there next year anyway, so it might not matter. Yeah, well, definitely this. I mean, this basically after UCLA, did, like you said, beat beat SC. Uh, I mean, Caleb Caleb is is going to the NFL now, right? There's no doubt. There's he can't, dude. I watched that. I think it was the second half I watched on Saturday. He was running for his life the entire time. Every time he he snapped the ball within a half a second, there was a guy in his face, and he was dodging and trying to get through it. I mean, I just I don't know why you would want to come back for another year and take that chance again, like. I'm expecting him not to play in the bowl game if they get into one, right? Like, there's no way. Just there's yeah. no reason. You saw he's not even ranked, and they lost. Yeah. So yeah, just call it a day, Horrible. man. You had no offensive line. No matter how good Lincoln Riley is at drawing up plays and getting the offense going, like you can't do anything without an offensive line. And all Caleb Williams did was run for his life. So also makes you think. Remember we talked about a couple of weeks ago on a different episode about how maybe Lincoln Riley follows him to the NFL. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think Caleb's going on his own, and he's out. Well, I don't know if Caleb gets a choice whether or not Lincoln Riley goes, to be honest with you, right? But this is really where the question comes in, and I'm glad that you bring it up. Does Lincoln Riley even move the needle at USC? Like, does he do anything? Because it doesn't seem like he's done much. And with his prized possession being Caleb Williams is what not only that he brought over from Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. but something that he had groomed into a Heisman winner and – before the rest of the season panned out, a Heisman candidate slash front runner at the beginning of the season. Um, I just don't, I just don't see it. I, I, I don't know what it, okay. So Oklahoma is one thing. Okay. But the pressure of SoCal, I guess is just, is it too much? 
Like, I get that it's the second season, but, but how did he get worse? He's supposed to be the recruiting guru. He inherited a team and did well with that. Then he got an entire season of his recruits and did worse? That seems terrible. Uh, I thought he was an elite recruiter. I mean, he again, he has arguably the best quarterback in the nation. Um, and a whole year to recruit more players. Uh, they went from 11-3 and three last year to 7-5 uh, and five this year. They won by one, or they lost by one point last year to Tulane in the bowl game, and and that was with not, probably not going to make a bowl healthy, game. So, yeah, it's not bad, but still. Um, so I, I don't know, I don't know. And they lost to freaking UCLA, dude. Use unranked UCLA. How do you have the best quarterback in the nation and used to one of the teams? I don't even know who the quarterback of UCLA is. I did know who he was until he got drafted by the Browns and started yeah. this past Sunday. So I don't know. I don't know. It's the worst team that you can lose to as a Trojan coach. That's why I give Clay Helton props that you beat UCLA twice at the right in the beginning. Caleb's not winning the Heisman. You're not winning coach of the year. You probably won't be winning a bowl game. Follow him, I'm guessing. Go yeah. Bears. And, you know, you said they were 7-5 and five this year. If you include the last two games of last season, that means they're 7-7 seven and seven in their last 14. Because they lost the Pac-12 title game and they lost the bowl game to Tulane, so that's Seems not good. Next year they go into the Big Ten. Their schedule is a—it's almost like a murder's row back in the day for the Yankees lineup. It is crazy who they're playing next year, and if they yeah. come out of that 500 or less, I would think Lincoln might get fired, even if it's only his third year. That's what I'm saying. He should leave. It just didn't work, bro. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think it will. Oh, you got to think if he's him too. I shouldn't have left Oklahoma. Maybe. It's kind of weird to say I shouldn't have left Oklahoma. Everybody wants to leave Oklahoma, even people yeah, who live yeah. in Oklahoma. Just kidding. Shout out to the Oklahomans <laughs> listening. I know I love Oklahoma too. Never been. But... Never been there. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to go one day. A <laughs> couple more college football games to talk about this past weekend. It was kind of a, a boring weekend. A big one's coming up this weekend and the following weekend. But uh, as we start getting really narrowed down to the college football playoff, Georgia went to Tennessee and won. Washington went to Oregon State and barely won, but won Ooh, nonetheless. So that's what we needed. We needed them. Yeah, I think they won happening. by a touchdown, bro. That's it. Oh, it was so. it was close. I was watching the whole uh, – I think I watched most of the game, if not all of it, while I was uh, home Saturday night. That was a great game, super close, in the rain a lot for the first half for sure. It was pouring. I mean, really? people in the stands were wearing ponchos. It was absolutely pouring. Uh, second half calmed down a little bit, but – Man, Oregon State had a chance, had a few chances, and just couldn't get over the top. Washington is really good, but that was that one trip I thought might happen. But now I think, uh, I think they go all the way and, and get undefeated. They win that Pac-12 title game now. I hope so. I have to run through Oregon, but I hope so. Yeah, we do have a big weekend coming up, though. Pac-12 title game is next weekend, not this one. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, though. This is basically for everything. Uh, winner of this. Yep kind of solidifies themselves into the college football playoff. The winner will play Iowa for the Big Ten title next week. Uh, they should win that game. They'll be heavily favored, and they should roll as well. So, uh, again, you already know who I'm voting for, rooting for Michigan. They will be without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. They do have him all week. He's not fully suspended from the team, just suspended from the sidelines. So practice with him all week, all that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Weird stat. I saw this the other day. Ohio State and Michigan have combined for the last six Big Ten titles because, like, who's Shocker. beating them lately, right? They're 47-1 and one against the entire conference since 2021. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, they just don't lose in the Big Ten. Hi, USC. Welcome. 
That's what I'm saying. They're going to be so bad mm-hmm. next year. And not only that, mm-hmm. Michigan winning this weekend got them their thousandth win in front in program history. That's crazy to think about. That tells you how good they are. I don't know what the next mm-hmm. team behind yeah, for them how is, long. But... They're the winningest one, obviously. So. Yeah, first one to do so. That's just crazy. But you know, they're gonna like you said. This is all it is. It's it's Michigan, Ohio State. Winner wins the, you know, will go to the Big Ten title game. Winner will be undefeated. And if you're the loser, you gotta hope the other team loses in the Big Ten title game. But that's not gonna happen to Iowa because otherwise, whoever wins this game essentially is going to the college football playoff in the top four. Yeah, they're going to be a one or two seed, obviously. I say one because if somehow Georgia loses to Bama or something like that, they might fall to like a four. They might sneak in unless Bama loses or sneaks in. But they did lose to Texas at home. That's their one blemish on their record. Yeah. So um, if they if they so really depending on what happens to Georgia, the the winner of this game will will be a one or two seed. So it'll be uh, pretty interesting. Georgia plays Georgia Tech this year, or this year, this week. That should be fairly yeah. easy. And then again, Bama next week in the SEC championship. That's going to be one game to watch for Ooh. sure. Man. You touched on it earlier. A little sneak peek into the pack two. <laughs> Oregon State and Washington State will be allowed to compete as a two-team conference next year. That's going to be a lot of matchups against each other. They're just going to oh. just play everybody. Dude, I don't even understand. What, is that? what does that even mean? Yeah, I don't. So... They're just gonna play each other once each in the in basketball at home and road, and just be like, all right, one on one, and we split it. That's like, we tie as conference right. champions. Now we'll go to the conference championship. Yeah, <laughs> winner goes to the. So wait, do they wait have? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do they still have minute. a big? Yes. Do they still have a title? Like winner of a pack two goes to the. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say that because if they're a big five conference, technically there's a big five guarantee. Yeah, power five, power five, power five. five. Whatever, don't say yeah, big. Everything's yeah. called big. I know it's yeah. big ten, big twelve, big, <laughs> big 12, everything. Yeah, yeah. and so they don't, don't have power 10 five or 12 teams either. That's the stupid mm-hmm. right? that's a whole other discussion. big, big um, 16 but yeah that's a very in- they have to then if it's a conference and it's the i best- mean oh dude, they're trying to they're just trying to punch their own ticket to the dance already they're like one of us is going dude yeah, let's right? go <laughs> either one of us is gonna go to the big dance either one of us is gonna win the pack two for the football and be and then next year oh, the good top 12 teams in the con oh my gosh could you imagine that'd be so- they win it they win the rose bowl again because so- they <sighs> Who are they going to play next year in football? Imagine if the Rose Bowl, they do it for two more times. It's the Pac-12 champion, unless they're in the title game, against the Big Ten champion, unless they're in the title game. And like SC is or UCLA or Washington, Oregon is representing the Big Ten playing in the the freaking Rose Bowl. (laughs) Oh, that'd be crazy. It's basically all Pac-12. I'm going to look into that later in those details because that is a very, very interesting question I had not thought of until we literally were talking about it at this moment. Yeah, that's so true. Me either. Oh, Me either. wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, getting away from the pigskin a little bit. It was a lot of football. I love football, though. It's football season right in the heart of it. That's what I actually love about football. I was talking to my friends about that the other day. That's what football. That's what makes football so good is the scarcity of it. Mm. Having 160-something games or even 80-something games, I mean, even 20-something games, right, in a college football playoff or, or in a college football or, or 30 games in college um, – basketball there's just the scarcity of 7 16 used to be 17 games now it just means so much more each week you know so anyways but enough football enough football we're gonna move on to basketball i know we talked about it a little bit last episode check that out if you haven't already you can hear what we were thinking at the beginning and who i thought did it i'm pretty sure we should still check the the tapes and figure out if james harden was anywhere near this event but (laughs) kelly Oubre got hurt and Hit by a car. 
But reports have been coming out lately that maybe he wasn't hit by a car because that is pretty random to be just randomly walking and be hit by a car. Yeah. Um, but this, this, uh, the news that's coming out is maybe he might be breaking a contract. Uh, he's seen sneaking in. I don't know how TMZ obtained video evidence of his ring doorbell, right. but he's seen bringing a BMX bike home. And shortly thereafter, he gets hurt. So people are thinking, yeah, maybe he didn't get hurt. We got hit a car. Maybe he got hit on the BMX. And he's trying to avoid breaking that contract. What else do you know? Yeah, not looking good at all. Yeah, very strange. When it first came out, I got hit by a car, I was like, okay, that's not good, obviously. But he's okay. So, you know, no worries, no issues. But then it got weirder and weirder. And I, like you said, I don't know how TMZ got his own ring camera. Did he give TMZ his own thing? Or did he mess up with a girlfriend or a friend that had access to his stuff that they leaked it? I don't know. It's very strange. That's it. But the fact yep. that they saw him going into his apartment with the BMX bike, you're like, okay. That's weird. And then you find out later he got injured and it's a rib. And you're like, okay, that kind of goes with like maybe a bicycle accident or car accident while you were on a bike. And so he's not supposed to do that because it's part of his contract, which when you sent me that and we started talking about it the other day, I mentioned how uh, Vlad Rodmanovich for the Lakers back in the day, he signed a contract. And one of those, his was he couldn't go snowboarding or any of that kind of stuff. Well, on the All-Star break, I think he went to Salt Lake City and snowboarded and got injured but then he told them that he slipped on some ice because he didn't want his contract to get voided even though it ended up coming out the lakers could have voided his contract cut him completely they were totally in their rights but they didn't they said you know we'll forgive you but in the future you know because i mean even if you cut the guy that's other other players will think about that when it comes to signing to your you know your team so it's one of those things like yeah it's bad but it could have been worse and you're okay it's like you know it's not the big the worst thing in the world but yeah, man, this Ubre thing is very strange. But what? Why is it with Philly and weird, strange things that happen? What? What are the Sixers? Philly things, there? bro. Philly things, <laughs> dude. I don't know. They got rid of James Harden. That was good. So this is just another start. For those who don't know, honestly, <clears throat> I, I learned this too. Actually, about Kelly Ubre. Apparently, Kelly Ubre is a huge BMX fan. Like, does BMX in the off season? Loves mm-hmm. doing like the the ramps and the huge like mountain biking. Like, loves doing all that kind of stuff. So huge into BMX learn that this past week um so that's why he wants to that's why it's in his contract that's what so why would you say you can't ride a bike that's super random well that's because he freaking loves riding bikes and he does you know extreme more of an extreme version of it he's not like just toting around his neighborhood he's yeah yeah. you know doing mountainsides and stuff like that so that's why they wrote it into his contract because he's a big fan of it so learn that about kelly Ubre. That makes me feel a little bit better that even though he got injured, he was he's an experienced rider. Because sometimes you mm-hmm. hear about these athletes who get money and then buy motorcycles or whatever they can't actually oh, you know, drive or actually know how to handle, and then they get into accidents because of it. At least he's an experienced driver, and maybe he just had a bad situation or you know, he was driving in an area he wasn't supposed to and somebody popped out of nowhere and he had to turn and you know, who knows what happened exactly now at yeah. this point. But yeah. still Either the fact way, he's an experienced driver makes me feel a little better. Yeah, true. True, true. Other NBA news, the Clippers finally got their first win after the Saint, who refused to move to the bench for the Lakers, apparently goes to the Clippers org and says, I can't wait to move to the bench. That's not what happened. They're lying. That's not what happened. (laughs) They they told him and said, hey, Russ, aren't you excited that you're going to be coming off the bench? And he said, what do you mean the bench? He said, great. Thanks for buying in. That's pretty much what happened. I mean, they won again today, too, so they've won two in a row since this happened. Now, they were in San Antonio, and they won by, like, 20, So because San Antonio's on a terrible downskid right now. They're very well, young. All they have is Victor Wembanyama, and he's 19. So. Yes, exactly. So the Clippers are feeling good about themselves having done this. But, yeah, the story comes out that Russell 
went to the team or the coaching staff and basically said like, Oh, I'll go on the bench. I think it's no, get that out of here. If that's the case, he would have done that years ago on other teams when it was the possibility of that happening. He fought it so much last year and made it such a big deal on the Lakers that it basically ruined the locker room for the first half of the year until they traded him because after they traded him, they all of a sudden played better and freer and more, like as a team, it just, it, I mean, even that video last year when LeBron's like, yeah, we want to beat Sacramento in Sacramento, I think they're in the locker room and LeBron's like, yeah, let's, let's pile them up. And then Russell comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah, let's keep having fun. And the, the picture of LeBron's <laughs> face, I do says remember that, that. It's like, what, what did that guy just say? Like, we're not here to just have fun, man. We're here to win games. That's the whole point. Yeah. We're here to win. Like LeBron doesn't just play basketball to play basketball. Yeah, exactly. No, 100%. And I, I think that's the point is he has the winning mindset, and he was actually doing really well with them. But it's just there's too many people trying to handle the ball at the same yeah. time. It just doesn't it doesn't work that way. You can't you can't have that many people trying to play basically, you know, the same damn position um, all at the same time. So yeah, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find this stat. Check this out that I found or that actually Lafayette shout out to Lafayette for finding this for me. Check this out. The last five games, uh, this was three days ago, so it's before their two wins. I think it was just before the Rockets win. Mm. Russ on the court with James Harden, minus 36. Ouch. Russ on the court without Harden, plus nine. Kawhi on the court with James Harden, minus 56. Kawhi on the court without James Harden. Plus 21. Whoa. Paul George on the court with James Harden. Minus 45. Oh, my God. Paul George on the court without James Harden. Plus 14. Wow. So the lowest of them is a minus 36 with Russ. All the way up to a minus 56 with Kawhi. And the lowest of the pluses is plus nine, all the way up to a plus twenty-one. Look at how big that swing is for Kawhi. If Kawhi, if Harden gets out of Kawhi's way, he goes from a minus fifty-six to a plus twenty-one. That's why I never. It's a seventy-seven-point swing. I never understood <laughs> the point of getting James Harden there. One, he doesn't play defense, so that's part of the reason their plus minuses are such in a swing when he's on there because they yep. they're gonna blow right by him and Kawhi. And Paul cannot play defense that well for everybody. They have to defend their own guys. And if Harden, they're having to constantly cover for Harden, there's always going to be somebody open. And I, I just never understood the point of getting Harden. You gave up a lot of your depth. And, I mean, they have, like, you look at their bench now. It's Powell, Westbrook, Daniel Tice, who they just signed, and P.J. Wow. Tucker. That's it. And, and dude, you look at Westbrook's numbers tonight, even though they won. He had 25 minutes today compared to the, I think, 18 or 19 he had the other night when we were watching it. Um, yeah. four of 11 from the field, all of one from three, two of four from the free throw line. Like I just, he doesn't like coming off the bench, dude. He doesn't, he can't get into a rhythm. He can't, he just can't, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. And that's just not what he is. He's a starter. That's what he is. And, uh, yeah, but since you, James okay. Harden is a system, you know, he's not, yeah, not part of a system. Player. He is yeah, the, system. the system. Yeah. Can you imagine like in like three weeks or four weeks, if they start losing again, it goes bad. They just decide that. Harden's like, yeah, I just, actually, I want to get traded again. <laughs> like, that would be the ultimate Clippers. Trade the night's bad. coming up in February. If we can go ahead and start getting this going now, yeah, I'd move, appreciate move, that. Move me on. Move me on. Oh, God. I'm just glad that, you know, how Perkins a couple weeks ago on ESPN was like, oh, the Lakers are trade for Harden. No, thank you. We are good. No. Peace out on no. that. You like the other LA better. That's always been your favorite team, right? Yeah, oh, perfect. gosh. Clippers, you're so bad. 
Someone who's doing a lot better than uh, James and Russ are doing right now is actually Steph freaking Curry carrying the Warriors by himself. Now, they've lost a lot lately, uh, but he's the only one doing anything, to be honest with you. He actually has better numbers this year currently. Obviously, that's a whole year's worth of stuff he has to go with, a whole season's worth, than he did in his unanimous MVP season. Okay, Currently, he's sitting at – he had 30.1 points per game. To thirty point nine now, fifty percent, fifty point four percent field goal, fifty three now, forty five point four percent three point, forty seven and a half now, ninety point eight percent free throw, ninety one point three percent free throw now. He's literally doing more efficient and more point well one more point basically than he uh, than he did when he won the MVP unanimously. Wow! You think he can keep this up the whole season? No, because they have nobody else to make any shots, so he's going to get too tired yeah. after the whole year. He's going to break down at some point because I think I saw a thing that said Clay, uh, Steph has made 63 three-pointers this season so far. Clay mm-hmm. Thompson has made 62 field goals in general, threes and twos, the whole season, and he's the second most made shots behind Steph on the team. But Steph's already made more threes than he has his entire total attempts. That's not good. Like, wow. Steph's going to end up running out of gas at some point and you know they're they're hanging in most games but clay's just not himself man the two the injuries and everything have come back and finally you know kind of crept in there draymond's not the same he's getting thrown out every damn game it seems like (laughs) care so it's just like it's it's kind of coming to an end i feel like i mean curry can keep playing for another couple years but at what point is it just all right man like you've done everything you have every three-point record in the world no one's ever gonna break it because no one shoots as good as you or I, just, as I don't much know. As you. Yeah, there's nothing else for him to compete for except, I guess, a, a gold medal next uh, like summer with everybody when they go to Paris. That's like the only thing he hasn't done is won an Olympic medal yet. If only they had somebody like that came off the bench, right? That could like put up like 20 points a game, was like really good offensive player. Um, he, he even fit in with like the whole mantra of like the Splash Brothers. Like that'd be really cool if like that. Like maybe like splash splash like like a pool like a like a let's see who's out there that might be oh like Jordan Pool like Jordan Pool who can yeah. give you like twenty off the bench that might be helpful if only Draymond didn't punch him in the face you know maybe they'd have some scoring other than yeah, but... again I'm not a huge uh, uh, what the heck is his name Jordan Pool fan <laughs> honestly I'm not I'm not I'm not advocating but I'm just saying they. That's one thing that they did get rid of is yeah. scoring but, off the bench. Now, granted, his turnovers are terrible. but Yeah, but even then, like, you see the video now. I don't know if you saw it. I think we showed, shared it back and forth on on Instagram. Was the video of him coming on the sideline right now as a wizard recently, and they're like – they came out of a timeout, and the coach is, like, drawing up a play, and Jordan's, like, taking his sweet time to get in the huddle. He's not looking at the thing the coach is drawing, and then another player on on his team is like, yo, like, look at the coach, and he's like – like get the f out of here! This is my team. And then another player's like, "Yo, like look!" And he's like, "I got it!" And he like wipes his face with the towel. He looks up and he's like, "Man!" Like he's mad at himself about whatever he did. Then he finally like decides, "Okay, I'm gonna look in and be part of the huddle." And the coach is like erasing the play. Everyone's standing up and they're breaking the huddle. And he's just like, "All right," and he walks out. The court. He has no idea what's going on because he's not paying attention. So I don't Terrible. know. To, I think part of that is why Draymond actually did hit him because I think True. he realized that when he once he got his championship and then he got that that contract like money there was no there was no turn and pull back like he there's zero exactly drive now. now 
And I, so I don't know if that would have actually been a good thing for them to keep him, even if they didn't get in a fight. I think ultimately Poole would have gotten two in his head and not fit in because that is not how they do things in Golden State. Like they don't. It's no, hundred percent. No, it was it was. I was being facetious, honestly. I was. I mean, even right now the Wizards are shopping him. To be honest with you, so yeah, I mean, exactly. it's yeah. it's not a. I definitely don't. I don't mean it necessarily, but the Wizards I guess are shopping just, him already. That, yeah, yeah. There's reports oh. that they're ready to trade him for sure. Oh my god! Probably because that that video surfaced and the, and the owners are just like, dude, who the hell's the fuck this guy then, dude? You know well, what I mean? I mean so I yeah, and then not only that, like you see the highlights of when he's like out there dribbling around. There's guys that are wide open on a three, like, hey, yo, and he's like doing this all this crap. He throws up a clink off the rim, and the guy's like, all right, I guess we'll go back on defense. Like he's he's got nobody on his team that actually wants to play with him, and that's a huge thing when you're a point guard, bro. Like, well, Kyle Kuzma does. They like throwing lobs to each other okay, and shit well, down 20. But Kuzma just wants to play basketball. <laughs> I don't think Kuzma's really caring who it is he's playing with. He just wants to ball. Nah, nah. That's his thing. But yeah. these other guys, man, you can tell they're getting frustrated. And if you're a point guard and you are in the you have the ball in your hand all the time like that and you're not keeping everybody involved and moving the ball, like they will not continue to play for you. They will con- they will just start to sit on the corner and be like, yeah, man, do whatever you want, man. Do your thing. Like we're all getting paid. We all suck because we're not going to win anything. But if you want to – you know, you know, show off over there. Go dribble around in a crazy pattern and just, you yeah. know, shoot the ball up crazy and go for it. Yeah, yeah I think I think in the long run, Poole's going to really, really uh, – I don't know if he'll make it through the end of his contract, to be honest. No, I mean, I think I think what happened with him was just the, being in the G League and not being good enough is what drove him. So he got a roster spot, but he's making, you know, kind of ass money because he mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, really, really drafted high. So he's got to like, all right, well, I, I want to show that I'm good. I want to show that I'm awesome. Won the championship, just like you said. Got the money, just like you said. And he's like, cool. I knew I was awesome. Yeah. That's kind of how he left that. it. It's not, it's not the, the ideal way or makeup you want to have when you're an athlete and trying to compete no, for a long time. Not a professional one. Yeah, for sure. No, not at all. Uh, someone who also isn't doing so much uh, competing is, on the, especially Ooh. on the defensive end, so, worst right. defensive ratings this season. Check this out. I'm going to read you 26 through 30. All right. Rockets, me. not a good team. Ooh. Jazz. Not a good team. Wizards, not a good team. Hey. Pacers, great offensive team. The best, I don't know if you saw this stat, they are the most efficient and best offense in NBA history, like ever, or something like that right now. They have the wow. perfect, they have a perfect offensive rating for the first like 10, so 10, or, 10 or so games. Yeah. It's a horrible defense, though. They're second to last. The surprising one, Bucks, 30th. Wow. Dead last in the league. Dude, Damian okay. Lillard for Drew Holiday is really rearing its head again. I know we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but I wanted to bring this up because this is finally coming out a couple games. And you got to give it time. You can see that yeah. it's bad, right? But yep. now that they have, you know, a good couple size. dozen games in the – yeah, you can kind of see where they're standing. It's not good. Man, that is – I mean, we talked about it even when the trade went down. Like, you're going to lose defensively for sure by getting rid of Holiday. And you're also going to lose defensively by adding Damian Lillard. Like, that's not his thing. So, and I think I mentioned this to you last week when we kind of touched on this a little bit too. Would I think they should have tried to trade Middleton and kept Drew Holiday? I think that's yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yes. Because if you and that's not even a knock on Middleton, right? Because if you're going to have a point guard who can't play defense, then you need to have a shooting guard who can play great defense to cover up that Drew Holiday. So if you look at the Lakers, their starting two is D'Angelo and Cam Reddish. D'Lo is not a great defender. He's better this year. He is trying and actually putting in effort compared to years past. But he's not which is good to see. No, Cameron's a beast right now. Improvement, but Cam Reddish is a a defensive guy, so that that fits well. One can cover the other, and you have you have uh, AD in the back with Giannis in the back. There should be another guard at the top that can cover. There was Damian Lillard. I don't know, man. Not looking good. It's a. I I think they're going to make a 
Yeah, I think they're going to make a huge run for Alex Caruso. Oh, oh, that would actually be really good for the damn. I don't want them to sub that. $10 million and an expiring contract. That's an easy, oh, easy the, trade money. That'd be better. Um, I don't know. I'll go look right now. Okay, because I thought he had two more years left after. I thought he had this year and one more. But even if it's not, like you said, it's under ten million. That's nothing. So I just don't know who Milwaukee has or what their contracts look like. I mean, they're paying Dame and Giannis like forty each. So I guess they can't be having very many big contracts on their roster at this point. They wouldn't be able to be under the cap. Yeah. Mm, okay. If he's on the roster uh, on June thirtieth, it becomes fully guaranteed. But it's a three million dollar contract next year. Oh. Yeah, he won't be on the roster for three million. He'll be like, I'm out. <laughs> He'll definitely want yeah. more than that. Um, I want him to go to Lakers. Don't do that, Bulls or Bucks. Don't do that. I'm just, I'm just letting you know, dude. I think I, I don't want that either. Did you see the, the, the speaking of the Bulls? You see the comeback? You see, there's a screenshot that's oh. going around the internet. They were, they were down twenty-two to one. They had a one point. It was twenty-two to one. They actually came back and won the game, one hundred and ninety-seven. Crazy comeback. Yeah, still think, uh, sub five hundred. Three but... they got to go up one hundred and ninety-seven was Caruso was playing defense and the guy driving. I don't know who it was. He stripped the ball. They went back on the other side on a fast break essentially, and Caruso was in the corner and somebody found him and he hit the three to go up one hundred and ninety-seven. Like it was all Caruso on the last play, basically. Yeah, I want him back one hundred percent too. Right? I'm down. Uh, but yeah, I'm just saying for Milwaukee's sake, that's literally exactly what they need. Yeah. No, you know it's exactly what they need is a guy like Drew Holiday. That guy would work oh, well. If only, yeah, that'd be. A, <laughs> I wonder if I could figure out a way to acquire him from Boston. Uh, so dumb. That'd be good if they could make that happen. That'd be a good pairing. That could right. win a championship, I think, dude. It's yeah. a really good idea, bro. You should be a GM. Hey, man. Anybody out there listening to our view from the bench out there knows anybody in the NBA front office? Right here. Hit us up. Looking for GM. Thought Drew Holiday and Giannis. Good pairing. Right here, bro. Heard it here first. <laughs> We do. <laughs> we have one more NBA story before we wrap up the episode. Almost. Uh, this one was super weird. I actually just saw this article when I was kind of prepping for this. I'm going to read most of it because I it's just super, super interesting. But let me kind of run it down. It's an article that I read on ESPN by Baxter Holmes. It's basically yeah. that the Knicks are suing the Raptors for 10 million bucks. One of the things I'll give I'll get into details, but one of the things that they also is like a little caveat is they don't want Adam Silver to be involved in it because Adam Silver is a friend of the Raptors front office, like close friend. In fact, Adam Silver has previously been quoted that he looks up to the owner as more than a friend, but looks up to him as a mentor. Oh, yeah, that's definitely so. (laughs) Yeah, definitely doesn't want him to be involved in anything because. Um, again, it's monetary. They're not asking for draft picks or people yeah, yeah. or you know to close your door. It's just, hey, bro, you, this is, and I'll read you exactly what the uh, what the complaint uh, accuses of. Okay, all right. Let's again, Baxter Holmes, ESPN, not my not my reporting. That complaint accused former Knicks employee. I'm gonna mess up the name. I apologize. Ikechku Azotam, who worked for the Knicks from 2020 to 23, of sending the Raptors thousands of confidential files, including. Oh play frequency reports, a prep book for the 2022-2023 season, video scouting files, opposites research, and more. After the team began recruiting him, him as in um, Mr. Azotam, uh, to their organization in the summer of 2023, uh, the team being the Raptors. The Knicks also accused Azotam, who worked for the Knicks as an assistant video coordinator, then as a director of video analytics and player development, 
uh, of violating a confidentiality clause in an employment agreement and alleged that members of the Raptors, quote, directed Azotom's actions and or knowingly benefited from Azotom's wrongful acts. Oh, man. Last thing, further, the Knicks alleged that the Raptors, quote, conspired to use Azotom's position as a current Knicks insider to funnel proprietary information to the Raptors to help them organize, plan, and structure the new coaching and video operations staff. End quote. That's what the lawsuit states. So yeah, suing for 10 million bucks for like insider trading, basically. They have like a spy in the organization that they're just getting a bunch of info from the Knicks. The crazy part to me is the Raptors are a better organization than the Knicks. Why the hell do they want to know anything about what the Knicks are doing? I feel like it should be the other way around. Yeah, I was going to say in 2019, (laughs) the Raptors won a title. So you're telling me the year after they won a title to the next two or three years, they were... Looking into how the Knicks ran things, the Knicks haven't won anything. They haven't. The Knicks were in the finals in 1998. That was the strike-shortened season of 50 games, and they were the eight seed. They shouldn't even have been there. Come <laughs> on, are we, what are we talking about here? Why would you want That's to take any notes from Dolan and the Knicks besides the sphere? That's the only good thing Dolan's done in the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years. Yeah, well, I don't know, but that's what the the lawsuit wow. alleges. So I guess we'll see Dude, how what? this unfolds. Why is everybody weird, spying right? on each other and like getting in trouble for like on sidelines of Michigan thing of the Astro? The Astros started all this crap, man. If you think about yeah, it, yeah, the Astros candle Stupid came Astros. to light. Everyone is watching. Everybody so close. You cannot get away with shit. It's not good. happening. Good. I mean, look, Kelly Oubre can't even get away with going into his own house without that camera video getting. Damn, that bro! Freaking TMZ is just hacking everything. Bro. Watch, we find out it's like his mom or dad that did. I mean, his mom, wow, his mom <laughs> leaked it. How rude! Maybe they don't like each other. Who knows? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Why Kelly. You, you and your mom could be great friends. I'm just joking. It's just yeah, they're freaking fine. Let them have. I don't want to get an email from the 76ers. So <laughs> no. Well, that was a good episode, man. Kind of uh, super involved. A lot of football, obviously, but we try to touch on all of the sports. Kind of headlines. As you kind of know, I mean, basketball is a long season. You got to kind of wade through the, the thick of it. You just kind of kind of run with headlines. It's not that fun to review individual games. There's just too many of them. Um, but we're slugging along, man. Uh, it was a pretty good one. What is this, like 32 or 33? 32. I mean, I guess if you count our short little mini episode for the Diamondbacks uh, going nah, on nah, the series, nah. but uh, I'm not nah. counting that because that was just a little 10, 15 minute thing. But yeah, yeah no, so yeah, probably yeah. our 32nd episode and, you know, make Sweet. sure you go back to Spotify and stuff and you want to hear the other ones. Yeah, check them out. Check them out. Well, we're not quite done yet. We do have uh, our, our good segment. It's Monday. Yeah, what the, yeah. What's on Mondays again, dude? I forgot. I forgot. Oh, I forgot. yeah. It's Milf Monday. Milf Monday. I cannot believe a fine woman like this produced a guy like Stiff. Ooh. Took some MILF. What the hell is that? M I L F. Man, I love facts. <laughs> yeah, you got MILF. MILF Monday. MILF Monday. All right, facts. bro. All right, what fact do you have for me today? So, going baseball, now that baseball's over, we did a lot of basketball and football, so mixing it up. Uh, so, kind of, kind of gives me a little bit of a Tony Gwynn, Greg Maddox feel to this stat. Uh, okay. Buster oh, Posey. so like, damn. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, of course, Buster Posey. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I see yeah, kind exactly. of where you're going. Go ahead. Uh, Buster Posey, the soon-to-be Hall of Fame catcher, obviously we know, uh, in his career caught 1,093 games. Um, in those games, in his entire career, he only had 27 passed balls. So obviously that's a lot of innings because we're talking about nine innings per thousand and a thousand games, nine thousand, almost ten thousand innings at this point, and 27 passed balls in all those innings. That's I don't know, man. Like I said, that sounds like Tony Gwynn, Greg Maggs kind of status. Just such a small number for such a huge amount of opportunity. That's, I mean, I always knew he's going to be good, but wow. 
Seriously. So I just did a little bit of math for you because that, honestly, as soon as you started saying this kind of stuff, it made me super curious. <laughs> so I Googled baseball reference says the average number of pitches thrown per team per game is 146. Okay. And you said he played 1,093 games. Correct. So he caught approximately 156, uh, 160,000 catches. So 27. Dude, that's going to be such a small percentage. 27 out of 160,000. It's pretty good. Pass balls. Not bad. Not bad. I'm telling you, man. I knew Posey was good. I just didn't realize he was that. I guess, you know, part of it is. 0.01%. He won three World Series. Obviously, the uh, 10, 12, 14 Giants were crazy, and he was a part of it. Especially in 2010. He came up in the first part of that season and kind of got them going. The worst mm-hmm. part, the only thing for Posey for me, and this is like a weird thing. When I you remember my roommate Nick back in the day when I was living in after school, after college, uh, he's a huge Giants fan. And the entire oh, yeah. the entire time I lived with him before Posey came up, all he talked about was we got this guy Posey down in the minors. He's gonna be the best catcher in baseball, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whatever, dude. I don't care about minor league players. Like, get him to the majors well, he, and then we'll talk. He gets up he to the majors. To right. They go on to win the World Series while I'm living with Nick that year in 2010. And I'm like, ah. And he's like, yeah, I told you, Buster Posey. I'm like, yeah, I got it, dude. I'm tired of hearing about Buster Posey. So I used to not like him. But once I got away with having to hear about him every day living with Nick, yeah. I appreciate a good uh, good catcher and a good player. And now he's in part of the organization for the Giants. And, you know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure, no doubt. Yeah, oh, duh. he's insane, bro. Yeah, World Series, great catcher. Uh, great hitter, too, for a catcher, yeah. too. He wasn't just a defensive catcher. He could hit as well. He was scary. I'm pretty sure he batted, like, hard of the lineup. So Yeah, four or five, I think, for a while. Yeah, I don't think he was the guy that you just kind of place in ninth because you have to bat him. No, not no, that catcher. Definitely not. Well, that was a good stat, man. Uh, where I, I know we do these stats. We do Milk Mondays. We do uh, This Week in Sports History. Where can they find those? Well, you can always find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you're listening, if you just want to do the audio version, or if you want to watch the uh, video version on YouTube, you can search Our View from the Bench, and you can see, uh, like Brennan always says, our beautiful faces and the nice things that we yeah. do for you guys to see. Exactly, all the pretty things that we make. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OurViewFTB. How is uh, your Thanksgiving week looking? I know you already told me you're looking forward to Thanksgiving. It's your favorite. You show up hungry. You eat a lot and you take a bunch home. But uh, how's the rest of your week looking besides that? Not too bad, actually. Uh, Tomorrow will be a long day for sure work-wise. But then Wednesday, just working the game Wednesday night. uh, Get excited for Thursday and, uh, you know, get some grub on. And then uh, we'll see how the rest of the weekend goes after that. But uh, what's what's your week look like before, uh, before big old turkey day? Well, tomorrow's Friday for me. I get to have uh, just work tomorrow. That's pretty much it. Going into the office. We got a little potluck going on. Oh, yeah, so that'll be kind of cool. Yeah, I took Wednesday, got Thursday, got Friday, got Saturday, got Sunday. I asked for Monday, but got denied because somebody else on my team already took it off. So that's all right. But uh, yeah, so uh, technically my weekend starts tomorrow. I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, I don't get to see my uh, my mom or dad. They're kind of far this year, but. Other than that, man, should be should be okay. We might do, depending on how everything's go, there might be something a little bit different about our next episode. Um, but we'll you'll see things, that when we working on some things and details. Exactly. Yes, but uh, hopefully, there might be. If not, will be a little be something special. Yeah, a little bit different. Something to be thankful. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, chill, man. Um, appreciate everybody stopping by. Thank you always for seeing things from our view from the bench. I'm Brendan, and I'm Corey. Like we always say. Enjoy the sports until we talk again. Peace.
This was a Sycamore 4th Studios production.